Ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready for the judgment day. When the bridegroom comes, will I be there to meet him in the air? And will my lamp be burning bright? Will my Lord find me prepared? Yes, I'll be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready for the judgment day. If the Master comes today, will I be in or cast away? And will he find me faithful there? Will my Lord find me prepared? Yes, I'll be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready for the judgment day. If the Lord should choose delay, will I be true until that day? And will my oil be plenty then? Will my Lord find me prepared? Yes, I'll be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready for the judgment day. Now this morning we looked at the second coming of Christ, and we're going to be continuing that thought about what it's going to be like whenever Christ returns in this video as well. Now, this morning, we kind of looked at everything around us, and we made that application, noticed it from what Peter said to us that, you know, the type of people that we ought to be. So there was this own application of ourselves. But tonight, what I want to do is let's think about what that second coming of Christ is going to be like for us. It is going to be like for those who are the saints. That's why the title of this lesson is actually Being with the Lord, because that is so important. Now, part of the uh, title of this lesson, it comes from what Paul said about death. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 23, he says, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. So he, he's talking about that, and, and he, is, he is speaking that his death is going to be a departure, but he's going to be with Christ. He's going to be with the Lord. So I think it's very fitting for us to take a look at the second coming of Christ. But instead of looking at, you know, what all is going to happen to, to everything around us, what's going to happen to us? What, what's going to happen to you? What's going to happen to me? And to that, we turn our attention to 1 Thessalonians, uh, the last part of chapter 4 and the first part of chapter 5. And we get interesting descriptions about the second coming of Christ. For starters, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, let's finish out this chapter and notice uh, what is stated right there. Now, I will kind of point out before we begin into this, these are supposed to be encouraging words. You know, sometimes people, um, they, they get a little discouraged about talking about the second coming of Christ, and maybe they're a little anxious or a little worried. I want us to focus on us being with the Lord and kind of what that means and also what the Lord is doing in all this. And that, that's why you... You notice here on the screen that I've got a few phrases in bold and underlined because I want us to look at that. I want us to notice those things. The last verse of this passage says, therefore, encourage one another with these words. 
these are to be encouraging words. This is what Paul writes here. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him, according to the Lord's word. We tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So this chapter and this, this passage, we're going to see a few things right here. Why is it supposed to be encouraging? It's supposed to be encouraging because this is how we can be with the Lord forever. It's also supposed to be encouraging because uh, what, what Paul is doing right here is he's reaching out to these Christians. And he says from verse uh, 13, he says, I don't want you to be uninformed about this. You know, I, I want you to know what's going on about those people who have already died. Because, you know, to, to them and their, their time period, it would have been kind of interesting because people are becoming Christians. And then you're thinking, OK, Christ is going to be coming back. And and then you have some of these Christians who eventually they start dying. You know, now we we're 2000 years past this. So, you know, to us, yeah, a lot of Christians have have died. In fact, I, I would even say that uh, that likely whenever this happens right now, uh, more people, more Christians are going to uh, experience this from the point of they were already dead at that time. Because, you know, we've been going for 2000 years and there have been a lot of Christians who have come and who have left this earth. But Paul doesn't want us to be uninformed about what's going to happen to those people who who have already died. We aren't supposed to grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Now, that doesn't mean that there will be no grief. It just means that we're not supposed to grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. You know, someone who, who lives their life in such a way that they just think this is it. This this life is all that we've got. Obviously, they don't have the same hope that we have that's found in Jesus Christ. We need to be people who can live like that. Yeah, it hurts for the moment. It hurts for a time. It actually might even hurt for a pretty long time whenever we lose those Christians who are close to us. But we have hope. And what do we see this connection with the Lord and, and being with the Lord right here? In verse 15, we find out that all of this is done according to the Lord's word. You know, the Lord has, has told us these things has told us that he is going to be coming back. He's, he's revealed that in, in numerous uh, passages also. And it's to be a time of rejoicing for us who are prepared, for us who are ready for this day. And then we also find out that there is an order in which we are, are going to be able to experience these things. Those who have fallen asleep, they're gonna experience this day a little different than those uh, of us who are going to be alive at that time. And I kind of think about, you know, if I got to choose, what perspective would I want to see these events unfold from? You know, do I sometimes I, I kind of started thinking I, I kind of want to experience these things from the point of of that, you know, I've already died at the time that, that Christ returns so that I can see all these things happen so that I can come and, and be with him, you know, at that time and, and come uh, toward the earth and be able to experience these things. Uh, but yet part of me also kind of wonders, what would that be like to be one of the few? 
who didn't experience death in the same way, but who everything about their life changes in an instant because Christ has come back and everything from that moment on is going to be different. Just like what we looked at this morning, everything is going to be made new. New heavens, new earth, new bodies that we will receive. We're, we're not going to be looking into all of those things in this video, but we do see that it, it's mentioned here that there is this order about those who are going to, who have already fallen asleep, they're going to come with the Lord. Some other things that we find out about the Lord and, and what he's doing in these verses. Verse 16, it tells us that the Lord himself will come down from heaven. I mean, that's very powerful because, I mean, think about this moment. For those saints who are alive at this time, that will be the first time that they see with their own eyes the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord himself is going to come. You know, isn't that, after all, what the angels uh, told the disciples whenever Jesus ascended into heaven? They said, you know, why do you just stand here gazing at the clouds? The same Jesus, he's going to return. The Lord himself will come down from heaven. This is going to be an amazing time right now. You know, we see this about how uh, that the dead in Christ, they're going to, to rise first and they are going to be with the Lord, you know, first. And then those who are still alive, they're not going to be, uh, you know, just just left all on their own. They're going to join up with the rest of those people too. They're going to be able to experience this day. And then we find out in verse 17 that, you know, leading up to this, we've seen that all of this is done according to the Lord's word. The Lord himself is going to come. Verse 17 reminds us of this wonderful fact that whether we are alive at this time or whether we are have already uh, fallen asleep at that time, all of us, we will be with the Lord forever. All the saints. That is why we can encourage one another. Because these are words of encouragement. Because we can be with the Lord forever. When we choose to follow our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He will return one day. We need to be ready for that moment. We need to prepare our lives now. We need to be doing the things that he would have us to do so that we can be part of this group who will be with the Lord forever. But there's still a little bit more though, because you know, like what we might have our own questions today, they had their questions too. And Paul kind of addresses some of those in the next chapter. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 3, he says, now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. See, this passage, it's very interesting because, you know, there's several times in which the Bible is talking about that, that day of the Lord, that day whenever the Lord will return. But yet, we don't know the exact time. You know, we we, uh, we see that, that people are going to be, at that time, they're going to be saying, oh, peace and safety. You know, things are going great. And destruction is going to come on them suddenly. The day of the Lord will come. And it is described as like a thief in the night. It will be sudden. It will be unexpected. So about these times and, and when that's going to happen, about the exact date and, and things like that, Paul didn't seem to seem to put too much of an emphasis on that and too much of a need to to even try to figure those things out. And I think that what that means for us is, you know, we don't need to be overly concerned about that either. 
After all, isn't it more important that we just prepare ourselves for that day, no matter when that day might come? It might come within our lifetime, and it might not. But whatever the case, we need to be ready for that day. Verses 4 through 11 now. This will be the, the last few passages that we look at. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 4 through 11. He's contrasting what he just said. Some people are going to be saying peace and safety and destruction is going to hit them. But there's a contrast to those who are saints. Verse 4. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. So we see once again, you know, we, we already saw with the first passage that we looked at, we saw that this is to be encouraging words. Well, guess what? This is what we're going to be ending on, too, is that it is to be an encouraging statement for us, to be able to encourage one another. What do we see that's encouraging of this? We see that there needs to be a contrast of this. Yes, the coming of the Lord, it is described as a thief in the night. But yet we also find out something very wonderful in verse 4 that I think that, you know, we as Christians, we, we focus so much on that phrase about how the, the day of the Lord and, and the coming of the Lord is going to come like a thief in the night. And we forget verse 4 right here. But you, brothers and sisters, that means we, us, you, me, all of us, we are not in the darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. See, on the one hand, it is like a thief in the night because it's going to come very unexpectedly. However, we are not in the darkness. We have been given this, this light, this light that has come from God. We are children of the light. We're children of the day. We are aware that that day is going to be coming. So it's not going to, uh, to overtake us like a thief in the sense of, you know, we know it's coming. Many people, they don't. But we who are Christians, we most certainly should know that. So, yes, in one sense, it is going to be like a thief in the night. But it's not going to take us completely off guard because we have these these warnings. We, we have this this hope. We know that God is going to come into his creation again in this return of Christ. And things are going to change. We see that from that other passage, we're all going to be able to, to live together with him. And that's what we also see here. This day is not in verse 9 for god did not appoint us to suffer wrath see that's that's not our job that that's not what god wants from us he doesn't want to to just um, give us his his wrath without you know any type of mercy that's not the type of god that we ever read about in the bible actually that's sometimes the god that people think is in the bible but that's not the god that we read about in the bible the god we read about in the bible he did not appoint us to suffer wrath but what did he appoint us to? To receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we need to be involved in today, is receiving that salvation through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we need to be making sure that we spread this message around so that other people can also receive that salvation that can be found only through our Lord Jesus Christ. What does that salvation look like? 
verse 10, it tells us that he died for us. So that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. So Christ died for us so that we can live together with him. This is what we are to encourage one another about. Being with the Lord, it's so great of an idea and it's so wonderful and it's done only because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Let's make sure that we lay hold of this salvation, that we receive this salvation and that we share this news, this gospel message with people around us so that we may all live together with him. Help me, dear Lord, as I journey below, more of thy wisdom and sweetness to know. Help me to Example to those in sin.